I disagree with you. I don't know if everyone has an obligation to call out the sin they see in, a, in someone else's relationship. If you have a friend who is cheating on their girl, there may be other complications from you addressing that situation and telling that friend, yo, you're cheating on your girl is wrong. Or even going to that woman and saying, you're getting cheated on. I think there's just, just there's some things that you just have a hard time doing because you're invested and connected in ways to that network and to their relationship that make that just very difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in a situation now where compromise your morals. There's nothing about you... You're, there's nothing you're gaining from the man that you would be quote unquote protecting in that relationship by not calling it out if it's a friend of yours. But I'm talking about the, that scenario we were just discussing where you would be Worldly. getting essentially a hundred million dollars or a substantial amount of money from someone who you know is committing DV and you wouldn't say anything for them for the express purpose of not messing up your money. That's all I'm talking about. Well, okay. In the situation you're saying, I took I would I would probably have to do the same thing. I would be like there like everybody who's on the same playing field, y'all can work your thing out. Now if somebody comes to me and says something, I would feel the need to call it out then. But barring them saying something to me or some one of them expressing it to me, I I, I can't I wouldn't feel like it's my place to stick my nose in that business. Okay, so so just to go back to my example with the world leader, right? This idea that there are very rich, wealthy world leaders, and some of them now through various vehicles uh, afforded to them and at their nation or through some public-private ventures or private ventures are getting into investing in companies in the United States. And that's just for example. And there's world leaders obviously in the U.S. doing the exact same thing outside of the U.S., I wasn't talking about the DV. I'm saying some of these world leaders that you're taking money from are from their investment vehicles, right? Their VC vehicles, their venture capital vehicles, their private equity vehicles, they're killers or can get people killed. And either they're doing the killing or like, yo, go over there and just take care of business. They're doing that. And so where do you feel as the person, the entrepreneur who's taking the investment? Because not all entrepreneurs are sick, sociopathic fucks. They're actually people who are trying to establish a business and add value. And for some people who have a problem with the capitalist system, they're doing it within a system or a rubric that they disagreed with. But even in places like Cote d'Ivoire or in the markets of Ghana, which you've been to, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Cairo, there are people doing business with people that they don't like. A guy who maybe beats his kids or hurts his family or whatever is an alcoholic, you know, a degenerate gambler, some people would say degenerate. And I'm using that up. Uh, air quotes for a reason, for those who can't see the air quotes. Where do you draw the line with calling someone out for that sin? And I'm using the word sin purposely because me and you are not religious, but the word sin, I think, has such a cutting, visceral connotation and meaning to it. I think it's so appropriate for this conversation, especially as we're transitioning and talking about relationships. And when do you call out sin? I mean, me and you've talked and you've talked and, I, and I've been so proud of you and, 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 and respectful of the fact that you have owned your own story and your own infidelity story in your marriage. But if I knew, if you had confided in me that you had cheated, was I obligated then to say something to your spouse? No, you was obligated to say something to me because you're my man. 
and say and say what now there was a case where i did find out something prior to you getting married and i did confront you about it right we had a private conversation and i spoke Mm -hmm. to you about it and you know i was like hey look you know and it wasn't a tongue lashing it was more of an exploration because you're a grown man i'm a grown man i'm not out to disrespect any man it's you know on the outset it's really about or and even on on the on the back half really but it's really all about trying to understand what what's behind that behavior what's what's happening but i, I you know you know but i mean you called it out by exposing it the fact that you knew yeah but not to 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 your significant other at the time yeah that's it's not your place to do that mm-hmm. even though y'all have your own relationship that yes. wouldn't have been your place to do that mm-hmm. actually you know what when we weren't married you very well could have. But it was leading up to marriage because you were already yes. in, in a space mm-hmm. of being engaged. And I believe, and this goes back to my point I'm making, the entrepreneur who's taking that $100 million investment from that corrupt or quote-unquote corrupt world leader, or me who has this relationship with this amazing, wonderful woman who is engaged to my man, Am I obligated right now to disrupt that relationship with this information? This goes back to what we said several podcast episodes ago. Sometimes the truth can do more damage than a lie because the truth can be wielded in a way that's reckless, haphazard. Untimely. Untimely and and, and cause significant pain. A sword, Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with a sword, but people who don't know how to wield their swords sometimes do more damage than those who are practitioners of the sword. You, know, you start doing one of these wielding Conan things, like because you saw Arnold do it in '80 in in the Conan the Barbarian. You got a problem. It's all fun and games till somebody get hurt. Yeah, it's all fun and games. The crumb takes his what's his guy's <laughs> name? Crumb. The crumb Rom, takes. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's the point. When do, when do you call that out and you say, "Hey, look, this dude cheated on you, or he's cheating on you." So, I mean, obviously, I think there are, those are different conversations and based off of different relationships and the priority that they had in your life and just how you chose to move. Like, yo, you could have done that. You could have taken the information you had. And because, again, you and her had your own relationship prior to ours. So you could have been like showing loyalty to her side and been like, yo, this is what's happening. But I think intentionality and intention itself means a lot in that kind of conversation. Like, why would you be telling her instead of coming to me? Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, it's how do you broker that conversation? I mean, if, if you know both parties, if you only know one, or if you only have a relationship with one, do you still call it out? I mean, I, yo, that's one of them things I think you gotta be kind of led to do I by, agree with you. By, by that inner voice, that small voice. That's like, yo, this is the reason you don't even realize why I'm telling you to do that. It's a small voice talking. You don't even realize why I'm telling you to do this. You don't even realize why it's important for you to be the mouthpiece that this information comes from. Yeah. But I agree with you. I've ordained it this way. And believe me when I tell you, you're going to do more with exposing this information in this way or disseminating. Let me not even use exposing. Yeah. Cause I mean, I feel like that has its own negative connotation. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like you, you expose someone who's trying to lie and be, deceptive and all of that. Well, I think about police officers. And one of the calls police officers really 
from what I've heard anecdotally, don't like to respond to is domestic violence incidents because things get so complicated and out of hand so quickly. You come into a situation, there's DV going on. Let's say a man on a woman. You come in, you calm everyone, the situation down. You calm the man down. The woman says, I want him to leave. I want him to go. You start putting handcuffs on the guy. That triggers her. She doesn't really want him to leave. And now she starts attacking the police officer, one of the arresting officers. The other officers got this dude almost handcuffed. He breaks free. He runs to the back room. He comes out with a can. Now what's happening? Now, now we're in like a, a bloodbath almost. I know of a story. Police officer showed up, arrested, uh, was dealing with the DV situation. They were calming the man down. They were getting everything situated. They were just going to escort him out the door so he can separate himself from his, 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 his uh, significant other. The significant other comes out, puts a steak knife in the clavicle of the police officer. He turns around and is like, hey, you got to be kidding me. Then he turns around. The guy was being arrested. Oh, he wasn't being arrested. He was just being walked out. Goes to lift up his shirt. You don't know what's there. Somebody dies. So getting involved in these domestic disputes and call, we're talking about calling out this sin and this relationship does create other dynamics. Now, I'll give you another story. I know of a story where the woman in the relationship was cheating so badly, you know, and I've heard this, or the man was cheating so badly that the friends did get involved because it was just so heinous what was going on after a while. You know, I'll, last story I'll tell you. There was a guy who told me a story. He had a friend of his. Uh, he was with a beautiful woman in their apartment building. He, they had kids. This guy was just the kind of guy that, you know, he would smoke weed all day, would, didn't really have a job. So he would charge his girlfriend, who he's with, the two kids to babysit the kids. That's all he would do, just charge them money. That's how he used to make money off his own girl. She'd come home from working a day and be like, all right, like, like he was his own daycare for his own children. Yo, if she showed up late, he would charge extra, just like he would at a daycare. And it got to a point where her father had to come into the situation. He was a former military guy, came up from the South and was like, look, either you get this guy out of, out of this relationship or I'm taking you out of the inheritance. She eventually cut the relationship. She moved on. And the, the friend that I knew said, you know, she got a new relationship. So I babysat for her like, oh, go out on your date. Out, me and my home girl, my, me and my girl watch him. And his boy came up to him and was like, how could you do that? That's supposed to be my girl. She played me. She disrespected me. She broke up with me. And he had to tell him, like, yo, dude, you're a shiftless piece of, you know, fill in the blank. You don't, you don't, you're over here charging your own girl, girlfriend who you have a child with to watch your own children. You're being shiftless. You're lazy. You don't work. Yeah, I'm looking out for her. And I'm going to continue to look out for her because she lives in my building. She's part of my neighborhood and community. We like her. Peace. So this is an example of he called out the sin and was going to do what he was going to do and get involved in that relationship to the extent of being supportive of that woman who was now operating in that single mom role. Probably you could argue was operating that single mom role in the first place. And now he wants to make sure that that, 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 that community partner, that community member is safe and is able to enjoy her life right where she lives. So that's an example of, I think, calling out. And I've heard some other stories, but I just think that one is always salient to me. It always made me think about friendships 
and about what does it mean to do the right thing, even when your friend is not doing the right thing, especially when it talk, mm. comes to children and being mm -hmm. part of that larger relationship community. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the reason why marriages are really about community, right? Yeah. In traditional I mean, African it, it, marriages, be... they are too. Indigenous. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think marriage in, in and of itself, um, it's not really a big part of the, of the institution that's talked about a lot, but I think the spiritual significance of having a ceremony that people can witness is a big thing. Yeah. It, it's not just about the, the showing, the spectacle of all of these flowers and dresses and, and suits. And, you know, it's not, it's definitely not about that. Like the spiritual significance of having a community who cares as much about your relationship as the two of you do, because when these dips come that we talked about <laughs> last episode, and when you come up against uh, just like some crazy obstacles like infidelity or DV, you will need a community that can step in and be part of the redemption process mm -hmm. or helping y'all mend fences. Mm -hmm. And it's really going to take a community effort with some of those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I had a lot of people breathing down my neck when word of, of my infidelity kind of came out. But you and also, rightfully so. But you also talked about it publicly. Yeah, I mean, you, you were I, very honest I about did. It. I, I, I was honest about it, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's, word it's people, you know what it is? It's people who I didn't really feel like I had that kind of relationship yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they got some who, public who, information. Who, felt, who, who would feel comfortable enough to come in and drop their two cents about a situation that had nothing to do with them. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying. The significance is they felt so the way that they did about me as a part of their community, they didn't want to see that happen. Regardless of our level of familiarity, regardless of how close we were, they were just like, I was a part of their larger church community. And they were just like, nah, like this is not something that's reflective of our ideal community. Mm. We don't want to see anyone go through a divorce. We don't want to see anyone get cheated on. We don't want to see anyone get beat up on or abused or it, like, you're taking advantage of, or yeah, not honored. And it, and it again, it doesn't matter how much I know you, how close we are, our level yeah. of familiarity. Because you're a part of the community, I, I feel like entitled to tell you this. And, and yo, I, it took me a long time to kind of realize that they, that's valid. Yeah, it is valid, and I think it it has its place. The issue I have is at times, how do you navigate the dangers around that? So what I'm saying is it's not enough to show up and drop a bomb on somebody and just get up and walk away. Because it's easy just to obliterate. Oh, there goes a the target. Uh, I think we're noticing some innocence. Man, drop the bomb already. Right, drop the bomb. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We got to get back to base. And that happens a lot in warfare. That happens a lot. Oh, yo, that wasn't, I mean, we were trying to do a you know, precision strike, but hey, we just dropped barrels and barrels and barrels and barrels of explosives and a lot of people got hit and or, you know, had to escape and sorry, your community got demolished, but we were just trying to get that one dude. Yeah, it's just collateral damage. It's occupational hazard. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I remember hearing a story about uh, Pablo Escobar. He wanted to kill an informant and he was on a plane. He blew up the whole plane. Wow. So I think there's a lot of people who treat information and interventions of this, this sort like that. 
they'll blow up the whole plane. They'll, they'll blow up the whole territory. They'll blow up the whole yeah. neighborhood <laughs> instead of having a surgical strike. This is what I'm saying about being very careful. I'm not, you have to, everyone has to draw the line between bravery, cowardice, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. Every situation will present a unique opportunity for them to draw those lines appropriately. What I'm encouraging is that sometimes we have information and we just want to share it and not think about the impact or how that information is going to shape. And the most important thing is, even if you don't have the wherewithal to think about how that information will make an impact, what the impact will be, are you committed to being responsible by sticking around for the aftermath? After you drop that bomb. After you drop that bomb, are you saying, yo, if it takes two months, three months, three years, five years, I'm going to walk this road with you guys in community. Now, my role in walking this road with you is going to look and feel different from day to day, from month to month, to year to year. But I'm still going to be here because I am taking responsibility and ownership for dropping that information. And if I meant to do a surgical strike and it obliterated the community, then I'm part of the investment committee. I'm part of the uh, you know policy committee and I'm part of the cleanup committee and the construction committee to make sure justice is served and equity is captured in the rebuilding and the reimagination process. I just don't know how many people are committed to being responsible in the long term. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, that might be the reason why a lot of people can't be trusted in that situation. Meaning they have information that they, a bomb that they would be able to drop on a, in a situation on a, with a, on a couple or something like that. And they would rather spill the tea then then be more strategic about how it's disseminated when it's disseminated things like that oh yeah because because i think we live in a day and age where spilling the tea is fun it's it's mm. people will, will decide or choose to do that before they think twice about or be considerate about how this information that they have will impact the people that they're talking about yeah well, well as jesus once said i think in luke who uh what builder goes to build a building without sitting down to, to count, count the cost, the cost. Yeah. see if he has sufficient <laughs> enough to build it. Right. Do I have enough to go build this building? Why start and just leave a hole in the ground and be the laughing stock of my, the construction in local community because I didn't assess if I had enough timber, enough wool, whatever it is that I need to 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 you know create this home. I said, well, but it, yeah, I don't think it was. And that's a perfect analogy, right? Because it's like, that's literally what happens. It'll be a hole in the ground that you left <laughs> dropping this bomb, this information, and you didn't think about, because I mean, you can't really predict how somebody's going to react or respond or something like that, but you didn't even consider it. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to get to be first to market, as they say in PR. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. people don't even, they don't take their time to really vet and fact check a story. They just want to be first to market with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As as opposed to being having the right information, they want to have the information first. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think sometimes you learn things and habits about people. For example, uh, this is big now in a lot of communities uh, across the United States. Porn, porn addiction. And if you know your boy likes to watch a lot of porn, for example, and you know his wife or significant other doesn't like it, do you? eventually approach him and say, Hey man, 
I noticed in conversations were out. Your girl seems to really have a problem with porn. And I know you watch tons of it. What are you doing about that? Is that my place to say that? Is that my place if he says, hey, well, you know, what she doesn't know doesn't hurt her. And then we continue to be, you know, good couple friends, you know, my significant other with, with his. And and do I step in and say eventually again, hey, man, she really doesn't like that porn. Are you Are you working on it? Or is it my point to say, hey, man, look, don't don't agree with that. I know I wouldn't li- navigate that way, right? I wouldn't, whatever that means. Hey, you know, keep on doing what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like at the point where you are thinking about, because, I mean, what you, you're not setting that up to where you were eventually going to tell the wife or the other, his, his person, were you? No, no, I mean... <sighs> No, but I think some people, you know, when we talk about calling out sin, do you eventually do that? Yeah, I mean, I think some people would um, <laughs> inappropriately because, <laughs> again, they just they just care about spilling the tea. They just care about get, having the information and being able to disseminate it and circulate it and get it out how they fresh off the press is how they want to do it. And I'm saying even in my example, he's not addicted. Now, if he's addicted, addiction is a different level of intervention because addiction interventions are required. And we know that they are part of the process to healing and to reimagination and, and a new lease on life. I'm just saying, hey, she's saying she doesn't like that. You, the, the partner that I'm friends with, you're going to keep doing it. He's I think the call vindicious. out is bringing it to him. That's that's the call out is bringing it to him. As a man to man, as friends, I feel like it is your place to say something like that. It's not your place to police it, but it is your place. I mean, iron is sharpening iron, right? We 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 trying to make each other better. So if I'm like, yo, son, this is one plus one equal two. This is this is simple arithmetic. Yeah, you're doing something that you know she has a problem with that she's verbally expressed. Yeah. Explicitly has an issue with this. Now, do you have a right to still consume what you do in the privacy of your own room? Sure. Yeah, of course. But you're also running the risk of being caught. Period. Because whether she finds out or not, or, or how she finds out, she can find out. That information can be found. So it's like, you know, do you want to run the risk of of look of having the addiction and looking like a liar? So let me change the scenario again. Now you're dealing with your brother-in-law and your sister. And, you know, we both, you know, have family members, uh, sisters rather. And you find out your brother-in-law is cheating on your sister. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. I mean, I might have to step to him. So you still want to go and say, hey, man, this, this thing doing you dirty. Come on, come on, get your stuff. Let's get out of here. Come on, come on, come on, girl. Come on, as a, come on. As a man, as a man, I got to step to him first. Yeah. Just to let you know, bro, I know you're not low. And I, my expectation is that his integrity as a man is either going to show itself where he says something, he brings it to the table, and he and my sister can work that out, or he continues to try to live underhanded. Now, if he tries to continue to live underhanded, then I feel like it's my responsibility to tell her because now it's like I prioritize my relationship to you as a man, as the head of your household, 
Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's not something I would go to her with because normally you go to a woman spilling the tea, it's going to blow up and something like that. So I'm respecting him as head of his household and coming to him. And if my call out to him isn't fruitful, then I would have to then consider saying something to her. Not even consider. I would say something to her. It's interesting you say that because one of the policies I have is, you ha- again, there are times you're going to hear disturbing information about people's relationships along a wide range of behaviors. And I'm always hesitant to instruct people. Now, listen, I'm not saying this is now instructing. What I'm saying is a, is a different thing than telling someone, hey, th- someone's showing cheating on you or, hey, this is what's going on and you on behind your back. Sometimes people say things like if I was in that relationship, if I was in that situation being cheated on, DV, whatever it is, I would do this, this. They have a laundry list of things that they tell you they would do. Then you pull back the curtain on their relationship and they're getting everything they said that they wouldn't tolerate in your relationship and six times more. So what was that? Was that them trying to goad you into leaving your spouse or blowing up your relationship so they can sit by the bonfire and roast marshmallows? Or was that them really trying to help you? I'll take it a step further. When it comes to the situation that you were just talking about, you find out that your sister's significant other is cheating on her. And then, of course, there's a safety issue. There's public health issues. There's a, you know, spread of communicable diseases. You telling her is one thing. You recommending that she leaves is another. Yeah, that I wouldn't do. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here to present information. I'm yeah, not here exactly. to impact choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you want to listen. You want me to be listening here. You want me to... And the reason I say this is because sometimes people will make a recommendation, like I just said, and you pull back the curtain, and it's worse than what they even said they would tolerate from you. But more importantly, you are not equipped to take care of that person if they left. If your sister's living with her, with her, with her husband, for example, she's paying maintenance, she's paying for this, she's paying for that. You got to be able to come up with that $5,000, $6,000, $10,000 a month nut that they're covering together. Can you do that? So why do you recommend someone to leave? If you can't put them in a position to be safe and safe for a, a sustainably long time, why are you recommending someone uproot their life or create a situation where they may be unsafe or in a precarious position because you felt some information should have been acted on a particular way. You had an agenda with that information that you wanted to see happen. It didn't happen. Now you, again, drop a bomb. Then you're not being responsible by, okay, well, you know what? I asked you to leave. I thought it was a good recommendation. Here's the 10 grand you need a a month to get back on your feet for the next two years. Don't even worry about working. Don't even worry. Or even when you're working, don't even worry. You don't have to stress now because you're on your own. Because I said you should leave him because I found out that he was cheating. Or I found out that this information he was withholding from you. And now I, I felt, you know, he's he's just being full of mendacity and now it needs to be exposed. It's a rule of thumb of mine not to make any recommendations. Yeah, be descriptive. Yeah, you always talk about that. Yeah. Prescribe stuff unless someone says, what do you think I should do? I'm really just listening i'm a soundboard and like 
I'm not, I might not necessarily be an echo chamber and tell you that everything you think or, you know, want to say about the situation is right or that I agree with everything you think about it. I'm just here to, to listen and give you maybe a difference of opinion if you ask for it. Mm. So I really try to avoid situations where, especially with adults, because I, it, it's enough to process your own thoughts around a situation and quiet your thoughts enough to listen to that inner voice and actually execute what it's telling you to do. I really feel like everybody's the the answer to everybody's problems, situations, issues is within themselves. But mm. we it is a lot of times that we can't quiet ourselves enough to hear what it's that practice. inner voice is telling us to yeah. do in order to get out of situations that we're in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's I'm saying it's hard enough for people to process their own thoughts. I would not want to thought intrude unless I was asked. Yeah, I think that's a good policy, especially around this topic of calling out the sin, right? Where do you say, you know, hey, that's enough. Hey, that's wrong. Hey, I disagree with that. Where are the boundaries of loyalty and how are those boundaries negotiated when you feel it's appropriate or you believe it's appropriate to negotiate them based on that partner or that friend's behavior. Even sometimes if you find out that, you know, your boy's girl's cheating on him, that may not be even anything for you to say because you don't know where he's at psychologically. Or you may not know what he, what's going on with him. And again, that doesn't mean you should keep it to yourself forever, but finding it out on Tuesday and then at 5 p.m. and you calling him you going over his crib yo dude i know you just got home from work but check this out right now some boys want that and that's again that's the nature of that relationship some others yo you may have to think about that everything can't be tmz breaking news mm -hmm. everything can't be exposed in that kind of way exactly exactly any last words on this before we end reach your time uh no I mean, I, I really just kind of hope that in processing your thoughts about the, where you're trying to be in your life and, and maybe you've run up against some obstacles, um, really try to quiet your, your thoughts, guys, and, and get centered and, you know, listen to that voice on the inside. It will never steer you wrong. It may, it may not get you where you want to go, but it will never steer you wrong. Well, let me say this, too, to add to that. Understand that that may be a process with many dips. We had an episode on dips. Don't give up listening for that voice. It may take you two years, three years to a level of maturity where you feel confident in it. Just let it be bad for three years. Let it feel immature in that space for three years. It's okay. That's still part of the process. Don't think that you've been doing it faithfully for 20 minutes a day for, for two years straight and it still hasn't worked for you, that it's not working. It just may be the process of getting to a better process over time. Let it be bad and be okay with it being bad. And on that note, thank you for listening. We're available on socials at Love God, Love Sex Pod, at TikTok and YouTube. You can go ahead and follow TikTok. And subscribe on YouTube. We're on audio platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at Love God, Love Sex Pod. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscriber button and leave us a comment. Rating, five out of five. 
Leave us a comment. We want to hear what you think about the show. It's a great public forum to let people know what you think and for people to see how the show is hopefully positively impacting your life. Available on email, connect at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net for any comments, suggestions, show ideas. And that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Peace, y'all.